0: The intention today is to give you some inspiration for a daily practice. I wrote down a few uh, a few ideas of uh, what we are going to explore, mainly actually in guided meditation. I will also talk a bit, but today will. Be mainly uh, guided meditations and on Wednesday I talked about these three first points so if you want to uh, listen to that uh, I will put it on my SoundCloud profile soon so the first is honor your rebel so while we are sitting here, and I guide the meditation, and you feel, oh, this is really bullshit. See that as a wise aspect of yourself, or a wise aspect which will help you not to put on a straitjacket, which will help you not to be violent to yourself. Probably that voice is right. At least for you it is bullshit, but it could be actually bullshit. (coughs) That also gives me some space and some freedom for experimentation. So don't be so gullible in your spiritual practice. Rely on your instinct. This is really bullshit. There's so much bullshit in the in the different spiritual traditions. So much unnecessary baggage. So the second point is follow your preferences, follow your rhythms. You know, go there where you feel relief, where you feel where you feel, ah, meditation can can be something which is good for me, which is soothing, which is healing. (coughs) And that is different for all of us. So sometimes you will feel how I move too quick in my guidance and stay with your energy then. Sometimes you feel maybe I'm too slow (coughs) and honor that. Don't feel, I am right, in my rhythm. There's 12 people here, or 10, (coughs) and then we will be, each of us will have, each of us, you will have your own rhythm in this. And it's depending also on the day, but it's also like your innate energy. So if I'm too quick, then you just, you know, stay with yourself. If I'm too slow, do something else in your mind. I mean, nobody sees what you're doing. Be wild. Be wild in your mind. Dance in, you know, quietly in your inside. (laughs) So the preferences and rhythms uh, honor them, give them space. Find out what they are, and fall in love with them. That's what you have. If you dislike it, it's it's not helpful to dislike your own energy. And the third point is honor your discomfort. There will be discomfort. There is discomfort right now. Life is suffering. Life sucks. The question is, how do you relate to it? (coughs) Resistance is suffering. It's adding to the suffering. Or it is suffering, you could say. So if there's sleepiness, if there's restlessness, if you feel I'm distracted, if you feel sadness, if you feel touched, if you feel happy, if you feel relaxed, all these are messengers from beyond. And they are all welcomed. That's what we do in meditation. That's what meditation is. To increase your capacity to give space, to give to to increase your capaci- capacity to be with what it means to be human, and to be human means a lot of suffering every day. How do you relate to it? That's what we can explore in meditation. How? How can we stop to make it worse? Wow, that's already a lot, because what we usually do is we make it worse. So that's... And I'm not sure if I'm going to say about this three points more, it will be just more in my guidance. Then the second uh, area I want to explore also in the guidance is the getting-in-and-getting-out protocol. Very important. That you cultivate a really sweet, beautiful getting-in-and-getting-out protocol, which is easy, which is really fitting you, which makes sense for you, and which helps you then to get in and get out throughout the day. Getting in, getting out. So... That uh, that that this feeling that there is the formal practice, and it's separate from your life. That that completely disappears. So getting out into the, into meditation, uh, getting in into meditation, getting out into meditation. Very easy, easy, easy slight, simple. While you stand in a queue, while you go shopping. Uh, while you freak out, uh, <coughs> go to toilet while you eat. Getting in, getting out. Yes, and then there's this uh, six, and there could be much more, it's just six things which came up when I started to write. Yeah. And uh, so there's the friendliness, obviously, that's the main thing curiosity So Being curious also about the discomfort steadfastness that's The practice that's the part of the meditation which makes us coming back to what is steadfastness So you notice that you go somewhere else you come back to what is stability, steadfastness and this is what, this is a bit the commitment of you sitting on the chair, you assume your posture, stable, steadfast and then you soften, you open and you stay, you stay, no matter what (coughs) and the group pressure helps us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's why so we, we use we use the group pressure in a in a in a supportive way. If you if you would be at home, if there would be really some restlessness happening or sleepiness, you would probably stop. Then uh, acceptance, so acceptance, allowing, <coughs> um, gentleness. So that is. Uh, what I sometimes call non-violent meditation. Yeah? This is non-violent communication, but there's also non-violent meditation, and there's a lot of meditation which is violent. In a way, in a way. So what is violent meditation is the controlling, fixing, trying to get rid of kind of meditation. I'm, I need to, you know something is wrong with my experience and I need to fix it with meditation. That's violent meditation and non-violent meditation is the friendly, curious, gentle, accepting meditation. And the last point is the willingness to be surprised and that is like Each meditation is different. Each meditation day is different. You don't know what's going to happen. You you, you don't know what's going to happen in the first meditation. It's always a a journey. A meditation day, a meditation session is always a journey. And you don't know what's what's coming up. So, this is sometimes called the beginner's mind. So, we will... uh, I will guide now the first meditation which will emphasize the getting in protocol. So, I will offer you you different ways uh, to get into, to slide into. Um, your meditation practice and there already it can happen that you notice oh this is bullshit and that's very good because then you know ah, that's not that's not my thing this is not what I'm going to put into my entry protocol so and then we will there will be some time for questions and um, talking <coughs> and then we will have a break a short break around 11.30 and then at 1 we have lunch break for 1 hour and then we will continue at 2 with uh, the same way Okay. so let's settle, so the first thing is that you check your posture, you can uh, sit with closed eyes or with open eyes, or maybe you want to experiment with both (coughs) and then just notice what happens when you Start to pay more attention to your inner life, to your own energy. That could be one of the first gestures in your meditation practice is to just check in. How am I doing? sliding into the body, dropping into the body with your awareness and your breath can support you there. So with the next in-breath I invite you to slide down, 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 down down into your feet. So with each in-breath you slide down and make this sliding down a gesture of welcoming, (coughs) almost as if you embrace yourself. And then with the out-breath, you relax your feet. Sliding down. Befriending. Breath opening, softening. And of course, thoughts continue to arise, that's okay. And with the next in-breath slide into your belly, into the pelvis, the hip area, and the belly, the lower belly. How are you doing there? Noticing the rising and falling of the belly, almost as if you give you a bit of a massage. And with the out-breath, see if you can release some of the tension. Friending your own energy And there can be a touch of curiosity How am I doing in my belly? How does it feel? And then go a bit higher up into the center of your body, the solar plexus below the rib cage. <coughs> and with the in breath you attend there. And it's very likely that you find some come discomfort there, some pressure, how does it feel there? And is it possible for you to make that looking, that attending really friendly, really loving? Almost as if your awareness are loving, healing hands. Then when you notice that you get carried away by the commentary, you allow yourself to drop back. So you keep the sensations in your body in the foreground of your attention. And thoughts and sounds are still happening, but they are a bit more in the background. Like clouds passing. with the next in-breath, drop into your shoulders, shoulder blades, befriending, attending with the in-breath. possibly with a touch of curiosity and with the outbreath softening softening by letting things be as they are Next in-breath from the shoulders you slide down, your arms into your hands. To Feel the aliveness in your hands. Palms of your hands, the fingers. Let go of the sense that you are in your head, looking down on your hands. You're not in your head. So you drop. Let go of the mental image of the hands. Into the sensations in your hands, into that space. When you notice that you emphasize the commentary. Memories, judgments, you drop back like falling in love. The dropping back is effortless. like a leaf falling down onto a lake And then with the next in-breath, I invite you to feel into your face, into the mouth and the chewing muscles. Possibly you can be a bit more soft there. So the eyes and the forehead. With the next in breath, you slide again into the whole body from the toes to the top of your head. Feel the aliveness in your whole body. And all your senses are open. Maybe there's some discomfort coming to the foreground within your body. Allow that to happen. Holding gently, touching softly, what arises. And nothing is, nothing is excluded. Maybe you feel like stabilizing a bit with your hands, again and again. Or your preference is more to go into the open panoramic awareness. Emphasize the commentary, you drop back into the belly, into the hands. And then possibly in open, choiceless, panoramic awareness, like the sky. is that which is bigger than you. And then, then if it feels good for you, if it makes sense, I invite and I call upon the presence of the Buddha, the Dalai Lama, the Kamapa, other teachers, mentors, and they flock in like angels, like beings of light. And feel their presence like sitting in the sun with your whole body from the toes to the top of your head. Their loving gaze, their mighty presence, and every cell of your body is bathed in compassionate presence. bring yourself along even with the darkest places the whole body is breathing You surrender to compassionate presence. Let go of self improvement projects and let Yourself beloved with the in breath, attending, befriending, with the out breath, opening. to. And then those beings of light, they dissolve into the light which fills your body. Your body fills with compassionate presence and you become a source of Compassionate Presence. Feel yourself as a sun of Compassionate Presence radiating through the pores of your body. the capacity of your mentors From your heart, from your hands, from your feet, from your face Radiates the peace, the calmness The sanity, the groundedness of your mentors. without making a big deal out of it. then towards the end of this first meditation inspired by the example of the Dalai Lama and the Karmapa let's see if we can connect with a softness in our heart the heartfelt wish not to add to the violence in this world, and instead, if possible, to be of help. This is an invitation for you to feel into that longing in you to be a decent person, a mature person. to be of benefit there, where it is possible. And that's why we are here today. So, I would like to uh, point to some of the ingredients of a possible entry protocol for you, for your meditation. So, part of the entry protocol of a formal meditation practice actually happened before we were sitting down. And that was done by the people who set up the room. And maybe um, you can recognize, those of you who have helped as a volunteer, uh, that that somehow you kind of you slide into the day by putting the pictures, and while you put them, you you look at them, and you make the room nice for people, you clear the space, like, you make space and you try to do it in a nice way so that when people come in, they can participate a bit in that. Uh, like, you know, the, the candles, you, you know, you make it nice, you put on, you put you put the image while you're doing it, you look a bit at, at it, you connect with it. Uh so this is uh in the Tibetan tradition an important part of one's formal practice. Setting up the place, sliding in, kind of it's a bit of you No, know, it's not like you sit you know, in a stuffed room, you know, it's dirty, it's crowded, there's nothing inspirational, and then meditate on the breath, yeah. Uh but it's like a, while you while you prepare uh, you, you you slowly you calm down you settle you you get you get some inspiration by by touching these images and uh, I know some people for them this is the daily morning practice that's it <coughs> Okay. So light on. Oh, so, do it. It's like maybe today this holiness lives on the other side, <laughs> or you you put a, a flower, or you know a stone, or something you found the day before, or or maybe a picture of a person you want to. Uh, do some prayers for. So for some people that's it. That's their morning practice. So then what we started with in this sitting was what you could call like just checking in. Just checking in. How am I doing? So you, you kind of, even if you have like a structured practice, like a sadhana with some prayers or something like that, it's maybe helpful to just uh, take a f- few minutes to just sit there and just, oh, here I am. How am I doing? How am I really... So you welcome yourself. And when you do that, then this part happens, which I then, I took really some time for it, this part of shifting from the head into the body. So find ways of shifting into your body softening, relaxing your body. It's so easy and so healthy and so good to do that. Ah, like, you you drop into your feet, like, you drop into your feet. This is also something you can do while you're sitting at your desk. So that's what I mean also, bringing parts of the entry protocol into your daily life. So you sit on your desk like this and you drop into your body so you send an email okay so you send an email and then you drop into your bed you feel your feet with the in breath and then you then you kind of mm, you like you spread your feet you know like yeah you spread your feet. They they, they kind of they, they they kind of suck a bit into the this like as if they are as if they are grabbing into the earth. So you you relax. You 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 you, you make your feet bigger. And then with the out breath you relax. And if you train that, you can actually you feel when you relax your feet because the meridians your, uh, the feet, they are connected with your whole body. So that's why people, you know, they, they do the acupressure and uh, with the feet. So they, they, they affect your whole body by touching your feet. So when you relax your feet like that, your whole body relaxes. I mean, you, you need to train that a bit, yeah. And then yeah, I, l- I just guided you into some of the areas which make sense for me. Uh, and that is the, the belly. The solar plexus. Yeah, that, that, that is this area. Yeah. And uh, and then the shoulders. And then uh, I offered you uh, a kind of object. N- now this is general, the, and then the important question within your meditation practice. What do you want to pay attention to and how? In your meditation practice, what do you want to pay attention to because that's what we do in meditation. We we, sp- we play with our attention, with the mental factor <coughs> of attention. So, what do you want to pay attention to and how? Yeah? How is this the, th- the sixth? Yeah? You can also pay attention and be judgmental and hard if you have a, some straitjacket rules in your meditation. For example, or one shouldn't be sleepy in meditation. If you have a straitjacket rule like this for your meditation, then if you notice, if you pay attention and you notice that you're tired, you will feel, oh, it's wrong, it shouldn't, I shouldn't be tired. Or, or maybe you have the straitjacket rule that there shouldn't be thoughts in your meditation. So then you're sitting there with a straitjacket rule of there shouldn't be thoughts. I would suggest that is not the way to pay attention. How is the way to pay attention? Friendly, curious, accepting, gentle. So what do you pay attention to is also uh, important to explore that. So what I offered you or as, as a bit of an object to, uh, to stabilize yourself, to that's the, this quality of steadfastness, what's the sensation in your hands? And uh, quite often what is being offered to you in meditation instructions is the breath. And I just, you know, question that by inviting you to to check, maybe this is actually initially not what I want to pay the most focus on, the breath. Maybe it's a good object for you, maybe not. So, and then, then there's this instruction of uh, at least in the stabilizing phase of your entry protocol uh, the instruction of returning. Returning. Returning to what you want to pay attention to and returning to the way you want to pay attention. So if you notice yourself that you get judgmental, that you get uh, critical, that you judge yourself, that you resist See if you can return to a different way to pay attention. For example, through, yes, this too. Yes, this is how I feel just now. This is my experience just now, yes. The word yes in the meditation is magic. So, and and then when there's a no, to notice that. What do you say no to in your meditation? That's the straight jacket. Probably there's a straight jacket rule behind it, behind the no. Some stupid instruction you picked up somewhere and you just thought so that's how meditation should be so and then what i what i offered as a direction and and there again you need to trust your rhythms you need to trust your preferences so there is people who very naturally and effortlessly like to dance with an with one object in their meditation the breath, the sensation in your hands, the, the 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 visualization of the Buddha. Yeah what I then offered and I tried to kind of uh, accommodate those who feel more feel more the wholesome aspect of the stabilizing and then there is those people who feel more the wholesome aspect of the panoramic open awareness and those of course is not like two different completely different things you can be a bit stabilized with the sensation in your hands and with your breath but like let's say 80 percent there is panoramic choiceless awareness where everything can can move And then sometimes you might feel, oh, this is now too much. If I do that, if I open my awareness, then I get completely carried away. Maybe you feel, oh, just now I can't actually allow my thoughts to be. I immediately go off on the train. I enter the train. Yeah. And and of course, that's, that's not a problem. That's what happens again and again. But it could—it's it, very possibly you want to do a bit of uh, something else in meditation than just jumping on each pre- each train which is leaving. Yeah. So you get out—you get off that off that train. How do you get off that train? Is by returning to an object where you feel it's easy and it feels good for you to stabilize yourself and as i said often the breath is offered and it's not it's not always the best object for us to return to to get off the train the best is an object which you really like where you where your mind is curious because then it's just like you notice you're on the train Because your mind likes to go there. It's effortless. You don't need to beat your mind out of the train. Yeah, get out of here. (laughs) Go there. Go to the breath. Yeah, and and your mind says, "Oh, the breath. I hate the breath. It feels like it feels horrible. My breath is so shallow. it, It hurts." It is connected with all these suppressed feelings. I don't want to go to the breath, yeah. So maybe you find another part of your body. You know, maybe you know one. You no, know, one direction could be to ask yourself, where does the breath feel nurturing? Where does the breath feel nurturing? if you find that then your mind wants, will want to go there because you will find, find uh, that going onto that train is not nurturing you it's a hollow no fantasy will give you what, you, what you're longing for fantasies are, are not the real thing, fantasies are not life, they are Hollow. They they are not, you know, they are not the nectar of life. They are not they are not nurturing you. And if you find if you find that, uh, wow, or like you find oh, again this train, shit. <laughs> I I went on this train, I know where it goes, there's nothing new happening here. It's the same fantasy, it's the same. I'm tired of it. No, I'm re- I really go there where the breath is nurturing me. Now, in this moment, I go there. And your, your mind will, will get out of that train very naturally and effortlessly. Because the real food is there on the platform. No, on the train there's only McDonald's but on the, on the, on the, on the platform you know, there's the five star restaurant <laughs> <laughs> and the five the five star restaurant is life as it is in this moment take some time to to and of course, we will enter that train again and again. Yeah. So uh, then, sometimes one can ask, okay, why do I, why do I enter this train? What what do I get out of it? What is it what I don't want to feel? What is it what I what I'm avoiding by getting onto that train? What is it what you no know, What is it what I don't want to feel just now? But then you get off the next station. So you ride along a bit with the train, and you get bored because it's the same. You have you have gone through that story already. One thousand times. So you get off, and there again, there's a five-star restaurant. It's on on each station. There's a five-star restaurant. <laughs> And it's for free, yeah, you don't have to pay, <laughs> so that is the, like the practice of, the part of the practice, and this could be the practice then, to, uh, to, to kind of find your, your way within stabilizing and panoramic open awareness. So then I introduced you to another possible part of the entry protocol, and that is to call upon a mentor. And I encourage you, even if that is a bit alien to you, to play a bit with it, to, to, to see if there's something in you, for, in it. It can be a very, uh, a very transformative healing and supportive practice. While we do these practices of uh, calling upon a mentor, we are in one way aware that we are calling upon an aspect of ourselves. We're calling upon a projection. We're calling upon, you know, which is, you know, when we we use the word, word shadow, quite often what people then mean is like kind of the difficult stuff which you're not aware of but there is also something as as a positive shadow a good shadow which we project onto other people like onto the dalai lama onto the buddha onto jesus and it is that it is that aspect of our shadow of our good shadow which is called in the in the buddhist teachings it's called buddha nature that is what we call upon when we call upon a mentor so for some for some people this could be a more a symbolic mentor a kind of archetypal mentor uh, it it is in the tibetan tradition very helpful to have a bit of a kind of personal experiential connection with a mentor so that you can that when you call upon your mentor, that you feel his or her presence because you have been in his or her presence. So it's a bit more than a mental image. It's it's more like, really like a 3D experience of taste, se- the smell, the visual, the sense in your body and the audio. And... To get all the five channels involved, probably you would need to have touched that mentor and have, have a sense of how the mentor smells and how, his, how her voice is. So it becomes really like an experience. And this can be a, a psychotherapist, it can be a spiritual mentor, it can be some, someone who is, you know, who you feel has qualities which you like to embody. So part of, if you do a bit of a traditional practice, part of this then, that could be a moment of taking refuge. I take refuge to my mentor. And then the last ingredients of the entry protocol uh, for now is the aligning your intention, aligning your motivation. And in the Mahayana tradition, this is, is this is a very important part of the entry protocol which makes a big difference. It makes a big difference with what kind of intention you enter a situation. Yeah? let's say you go to a par- party and you enter the party with the intention to, uh, you know, to meet someone, I mean someone, like, you know, you can end up with, or you enter a party with the intention to dance and to have a good time, or you enter a party with the intention to, to give other people a good time, like, you know, because you're the host, and you you want to make the nice and you want to take care that everyone has food and to drink. So it's the same party. Imagine these three people. And for these three people, they enter the, the, the situation with a different, different intention and it will give them a completely different experience. Like the first one, for example, will only see the participants of the party of the opposite sex. The the second second person maybe does not take care of the other does not does, is not aware of the other person much because it's about you know the dancing and and the third person is right really attentive and is looking around and seeing oh how's everyone doing there's someone alone I take care of that so completely different uh, different experience depending on the intention. So in the Mahayana tradition, aligning your intention possibly with the intention of uh, with the intention of Buddhicita is actually what what makes the meditation practice a spiritual practice or a dharma practice. The intention. Why do you sit? Why do you practice? What what is your what is your aim with your practice? And can you can you broaden, can you broaden your intention or... yeah. So this is um, some of the aspects of the entry protocol. And you know, in, in the mini meditations throughout the day which I would say they're almost more important than having a solid like daily 45 minutes meditation practice I think it's almost more important uh, to have mini meditations throughout the day as much as possible like let's say every 15 minutes and then all the time or at least once an hour. So the entry protocol, and then you would kind of uh, connect with some aspects of the entry protocol. For example, uh, dropping into the belly with the in-breath. Yeah? In meetings, in phone calls, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. It's, a, it's something, I mean... It's like, yeah, how's my belly? The old breath softening. Then the presence of the teacher. Yeah. I mean, one can have an image of the Dalai Lama on, in your office place. So you would just look at that image a few times a day. Yeah, and then uh, the, the the aspect of the anti-protocol of aligning your attention, you no, know, throughout the day to come back. Why, why am why I'm doing this actually? Why I'm sitting in this shit job? What is actually what is actually the overall purpose of this? Why I'm doing this? Remind yourself of that. That you're not sitting there for money that you're not sitting there for fame, that you're not sitting there for, you know, for because you should, because you don't need to sit there. So align, align with your overall purpose, with your overall intention throughout the day. Return to that. And it can make a big difference. You know, when I sit here uh, in the morning... Sunday morning at quarter past, quarter to eleven. So then I need to ask myself, what? Why, what the heck am I doing here? Why I'm doing this? So then, and then if I align myself with the purpose of my life, ah, then yeah. This reminds me of a story uh, with the Dalai Lama, because the Dalai Lama is also asking himself, like there's ten thousand people. And he is sitting behind the stage, you know. And he's like, he's a bit anxious, and he feels like, who am I sitting here? And I, I, I don't, I don't have anything to say. And then he says, he says, ah, why, why am i doing this? And his attendant, he, he, he overhears him saying that. And then this attendant says, yeah, because it's good for all the people out there. Ah, ah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even the Dalai Lama needs sometimes a bit of a you know reminder, hey, this is not about you. Yeah, and, and I I I I noticed that. It's like when you when you feel the alignment with the purpose of your life, it's so powerful. You feel it. I mean so powerful it's bullshit. That's American talk. It feels nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. It feels nice, <laughs>
0: it feels good, it feels good to, to, to feel that, uh, it makes you stronger, so that's, that's I think, it makes you stronger in that moment. Yeah. So, are there any uh, questions about uh, what I said about the entry protocol, comments, additions? Maybe you uh, can add something uh, to it from your own experience, something which you find helpful as as a way to slide into your practice.
1: Thank you for the wisdom that you're
0: sharing. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you, uh, did you feel something particular wise uh, uh, this morning? Something like where you felt wow? Yeah, it was, what? For me it was a wow moment this morning. Which one? Which one? Ah. Can, can you say something about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Just,
0: uh, Nothing specific, like where you uh, where you felt.
1: I felt this uh, that I have been longing for this uh, self uh, compassion. Mm-hmm. I think I felt it today
0: mm-hmm. for a small bit. Yeah. 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 Yes. It was beautiful. Yeah. I emphasize that a lot, uh, also with the with the attitudes, you know, the acceptance, the friendliness. So so mm-hmm. I I I emphasize yeah. that a lot. This, Also honoring the rebel, it's it's all part of uh, this, uh, yeah, meditation as your or as your possibility to befriend yourself. Mm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm happy that you said this thing about the the bullshit that has been in the in say? the practice Mm. because I have been looking for everywhere and many things are like, oh, you
0: should be happy and mm. love yourself. And, mm, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a problem that uh, uh, the teachings uh, we receive, they are often uh, they are either very traditional and there's traps and challenges and the other part is the American mm. Buddhism. Mm. So it's, like it's like not only... It's like it's not only that the challenge is to bring the traditional teachings into Western culture, it's Scandinavian culture. And that's a difference. There's a big difference between American culture and Scandinavian culture, even between German culture and um, Scandinavian culture. Yes.
1: It could uh, seem egoistic to sit when I ask myself why am I sitting? Hmm? It could seem egoistic uh, to to sit uh, when I ask myself uh, why am I sitting? Me feeling better, me to being balanced, but it is not. It's, it's actually, I think, to to take bigger responsibility if I. Uh, Take responsibility for me being in balance Then that is like the rings in the water when you throw a stone. Mm-hmm. But then, I- if I don't get the response from certain people, that is not uh, for me to judge. But I, I think it is like I take when I take responsibility for me. I- it multiplies in a way, and it lands where where lands. But that's not up to me to judge. But it's a kind of to
0: take responsibility for me mm. yes mm. Mm. Yeah, it's also, it is all complex mm. I mean, that's why, you know that's why sometimes I just want to shut up. Mm, because there is sometimes this tendency of why well, there could be the tendency with the self-compassion and self-acceptance. sometimes it's also. I mean, sometimes one needs to work also with differently with those aspect with which actually want to harm others and hurt others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because
1: they are
0: there. Yeah, yeah, okay. because because they are there. If we assume. I mean, of course, we, as, as Buddhist practitioners, we assume that there is a basic goodness, a basic sanity in, in us. Mm-hmm. But we also would need to assume, I'm actually not that good person as I would like to be. Yeah, just- on, on a, but that, Of course, that's more on a relative level. But it's also there.
1: And it could easily pop up when you least expect it, and yeah. when you pushed, when you pushed your heart, so you, mm. you you release all your good intentions. At least you feel you don't need to act it out, but it's scary to to feel it when you push to your limit. You just want to kill the Yeah. So, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's also there.
1: And there are aspects of. Uh, uh, Pain and so on, struggle that one never could, could never ever could solve, maybe, and to to kind of capitulate, um, capitulate, capitul, surrender, to surrender to that that is the fact. I cannot solve this shit mm. in certain points. Mm. Certain certain uh, uh, pieces of the puzzle, I, I could be very form a in and, and, uh, and uh, relate to, but there are possibly mm-hmm. pieces in the darkness and pieces that I never uh, mm. we find. Mm.
0: And there is the, yeah. the heart. Uh, right. And, and those pieces, they could make you act in in hurtful ways yeah. towards others. Yeah. And there
1: I can re- relate to that. It, it comes to that uh, when I pushed. Uh, too much I could um I could I um, oh no I dropped the word um.